Hello, and welcome to Afternoonified. The podcast where everyone from the Unabomber to your great uncle Greg are considered suspects until proven innocent. I'm Emily. And I'm Sarah. You know, I thought that guy was up to something. I have many uncles. I have an I uncle you Jerry. Say I have many uncle Gregs. Uncle <laughs> <laughs> Ken. Uh, I guess if we're talking great uncles, I, the only one I know of is great uncle Francis. I'm sure I have many of them as well, um, but I didn't know any of them. Yeah, I, I really only know my great uncle Chuck. He is the worst. Fun story about my great uncle Francis. <laughs> um, you can cut this from the episode if it doesn't feel relevant. Um, but he lived with his sister, um, Agnes. Uh-huh. But no one ever bothered to tell us that they were brother and sister. Uh-oh. So, like, I think Francis went first, I think. And after, like, his funeral, we were in the car ride home. And I was like, why didn't uh, Francis and Agnes ever have any children? And mom was like, what? <laughs> Oh my god. They they lived together. They had the last name. No one corrected me. <laughs> anyway, that's that's my uncle great uncle story. I'm I'm glad that it didn't take like a crimson peak turn. Uh <laughs> which I I probably would have had to cut that from the episode. <laughs> oh god, no. I wouldn't be revealing those family secrets. Those are like going behind a paywall for that kind of tea. <laughs> you have to donate to the tip chart here about incest. <laughs> I also hate that I said it. Um, welcome back to our series on the Zodiac. <laughs> uh, Jesus. I was going to make you do a recap, but I, I'll just... Uh, so, well, so the recap is some doughy loser in the Bay Area killed a bunch of teenagers. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay, so last time we discussed the Zodiac, um, we went over his seven canonical victims, five dead, two survivors, as well as some other possibilities for victims. Uh, and his first attempts at communicating with the police and the media, specifically the San Francisco Chronicle. Does that sound right? That, yeah, that that covers it. Um, so what we're going to do is I basically assembled kind of like a Zodiac timeline. Did you put it together with red thread? Uh, no. <sighs> well, then it's invalid. I had to save my red yarn. I'm, I'm working on something. <laughs> yeah, I didn't go full Jake Gyllenhaal on this. Actually... I, I am going to warn you guys that Robert Graysmith and uh, Dave Tosky came up a lot less frequently in this episode than I thought they were going to. Well, to be fair, part of that reason is because David Fincher based his screenplay off of Robert Graysmith's book. Yes. <laughs> so it would naturally be very uh, Robert Graysmith heavy. <laughs> yes. Um, and I think visually for all of us, that was a good call. Yeah. However... <laughs> We're we're actually gonna. I mean, if I if I got into like all of those ins and outs, this podcast would be two and a half hours long, and I don't <laughs> think it would be nominated for an Emmy. An Emmy, a grant? Nope. What's the one we give to movies? An Oscar. <laughs> I love how you, a film student, <laughs> guessed Emmy and Grammy before Oscar. I'm going for my EGOT. Uh, <laughs> for my Zodiac podcast series. Yep. Yeah. So I've assembled kind of like a, a timeline with elaboration so we're gonna go through my timeline um i'll give an explanation maybe do some reading i'll insert any investigative notes that were like were relevant um you can find full copies of the letters online 
uh, in the sources that I will cite in a second, but his handwriting is so hard to read, oh, and bad. I, like, was having a hard time finding, like, transcriptions of his letters. So we'll do that, and then we'll talk about the uh, suspects, which I have three categories of suspects. Oh, lovely. Yep. I love when you have to categorize them. Oh, just wait till you hear the categories. My sources were ZodiacKiller.com, the only Zodiac Killer website uh, recognized by the police, as it says on every single page of that godforsaken website. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it was the only Zodiac Killer website. And- no. No, there's like five. The problem is with those sites, like they are very helpful. But everyone has their own angle, so there's always a point when I'm reading the information when I'm like, you are obviously vying for this certain outcome. Like, this is not objective. But what is objective? I would believe that. I can't say I found a lot of that, but I also did very specific research that did not involve suspects. But what what is objective uh, is history.com and biography.com and Wikipedia. Great. Picking up after the last letter that we talked about in part one, which included a piece of Paul Stein's bloody shirt. Uh, Paul Stein was the cab driver that was murdered in San Francisco in, what, October of 69? Yeah, that sounds right. October, November? Uh, It would have been uh, October earlier. I believe you. I don't remember. So at 2 a.m. on October 22nd, 1969, nice, a caller (laughs) claiming to be the Zodiac contacted the Oakland Police Department and demanded... Oakland is just outside of San Francisco, by the way. Yes. Well, kind of. It's it's near San Francisco. Uh, anyway, uh, Oakland Police Department demanded that one of two prominent lawyers, F. Lee Bailey or Melvin Belly, appear on AM San Francisco, a talk show on KGO TV hosted by a man named Jim Dunbar. Uh, for reference, and this is actually important, and I don't think we talk about it enough, F. Lee Bailey... Uh, was a lawyer who defended Albert DeSalvo, the potential Boston Strangler, heiress Patty Hearst, and O.J. Simpson. Oh, yeah. He, uh, F. Lee Bailey had a long and storied career. I believe he also represented uh, Jim DeLorean. That sounds correct. Um, and then Melvin, middle name moron, I'm not kidding, <laughs> Belly. I think it's um, Belli. Belli, is it? Oh, right, because it's, this it's is, business daddy. This is based off the movie. <laughs> Belli. Thank you. Um, that sounds better. Uh, so he had a huge celebrity client list, but is best known for defending the man who shot the man who shot JFK, Jack Ruby. (laughs) That I didn't know. That's new Marvin Belli trivia for me. That's great. Yeah. Um, I, I read over both of them and F. Lee Bailey sounds like kind of a piece of shit lawyer, but, uh, Melvin, Melvin over here, um, he did most like negligence lawsuits and like defended Zsa Zsa Gabor when she slapped that cop and like all of that stuff so I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to google that later that sounds like an interesting story I love Zsa Zsa Gabor Uh, so yeah that that, that's who he wanted to talk to this man who called um I mean if I was alive in the 60s that's that's those are the lawyers I would want (laughs) well Bailey was not available uh, but Ballet agreed to do the show, um, and Dunbar asked the viewers to keep the lines open so the suspect could call in freely. Someone claiming to be the Zodiac called several times, and Ballet asked the caller for a less ominous name than Zodiac, and the caller picked the name Sam. Solid name. <laughs> Wouldn't become creepy for another, like, six years. Um, ba-ba-ba-ba. The caller said that he would not give up his real identity for fear of being arrested and sentenced to the gas chamber, which was 
California's flavor of choice for capital punishment at the time. Uh, Belay arranged a meeting outside a shop on Mission Street in Daly City, but no one arrived, obviously. I don't know why they thought someone would. It's not BTK. (laughs) That guy would show up. You guys can't trace this in-person meeting, right? No. (laughs) Cool. Um. Uh, Someday I will... I don't know if I have the capacity to cover BTK, but just maybe that- maybe someday we'll do like a mini. We'll give the highlights and dunk on him a bit and then call it a day. Yep. I don't know if he deserves a full episode. There are other murders that I feel deserve more attention than him. Those who had answered previous calls from the Zodiac when he was phoning in, you know, his little yeah. tips um, or in the case of Brian Hartnell and Mike Majot, uh, who had actually seen him, uh, they stated that the man called Sam, who had rang into the show, was not the same voice that they recalled. So just some guy who... Well, uh, it was believed that a man named Eric Wheel, a mental patient, was responsible for the call to the show. Um, So, like, we knew that it probably wasn't the Zodiac, but it wasn't until recently that we could confirm that. Huh. Probably. It depends on how much you want to listen to a psychopath, uh, but we'll get into it. Um, On November 8th, 1969, the Zodiac mailed a card with another cryptogram consisting of 340 characters. And then, on December 5th, 2020, it was deciphered by a team that included an American software engineer named David Ornichak, Australian mathematician Sam Blake, and Belgian programmer Jarl, it's probably Jarl Van Eck. Um, The team submitted their findings to the FBI, which verified the discovery. And the FBI stated that the decoded message gave no further clues to the identity of Zodiac, other than it probably wasn't the guy that called in to the Jim Dunbar show. So, oh, did you guys like the voice alteration that I did in the last episode? I haven't listened to it yet. I'm asking the audience. I didn't know you did voice. Now I have to go back and listen. I pitched it so I sound like a kidnapper rapist. It's great. That's very cool. I guess get ready for it again. Um, So the message read, I hope you are having lots of fun trying to catch me. That wasn't me on the TV show, which brings up a point about me. I am not afraid of the gas chamber because it will send me to paradise all the sooner. Because now I have enough slaves to work for me where everyone else has nothing when they reach paradise so they are afraid of death. I am not afraid because I know that my new life life will be easy one in paradise death. Yeah. Whatever. And this was the, like, recently decoded message? Yes, yes, 2020. Okay. Uh, but it's, it came in right after the show, so... Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I feel like he would have taken credit if it was him on the TV show, so... Oh, yeah. Um, okay, so on November 9th, that's just the day after 1969, the Zodiac mailed a seven-page letter ugh, stating that two policemen <sighs> stopped and actually spoke with him three minutes after he shot Paul Stein, which I believe. <laughs> yeah. Um, excerpts from the letter were po- were published in the Chronicle on November 12th, including the Zodiac's claim that he had been spoken to after the murder. Zodiac also included a bomb recipe and a diagram of the potential explosive. Subtle. Yep. Uh, on December 20th, 1969, exactly one year after the murders of David Faraday and Betty Lou Jensen, the Zodiac mailed a letter to Belli that included another swatch of Paul Stein's shirt. The Zodiac said that he wanted Belli to help him. Oh, there are so many typos in this next section. (laughs) Here's the letter that he sent. Dear Melvin, this is the Zodiac speaking. I wish you a happy Christmas. The one thing I ask of you is this. Please help me. I cannot reach out for help because of this thing and me won't let me. 
I am finding it extremely difficult to hold it in check. I am afraid I will lose control again and take my ninth and possibly tenth big pong. Please help me. I am drowning. Drowning with a D? Drowning with a D. Love it. At the moment, the children are safe from the bomb because it is so massive to dig and the trigger with one G mech requires so much work to get it adjusted just right. But if I hold back too long from no nine, I will lose all control of myself and set the bomb up. Please help me. I cannot remain in control for much longer. What do you make of this letter? Because uh, it's definitely genuine. It's got Paul Stein's shirt. I, I'm torn. Much like Paul Stein's shirt. Um, I think it could be a moment of clarity, but I think it might also be a way of him trying to whip everybody up again. Yeah, because like Cause it, it comes across as vulnerable, but it's still like, I don't know, I could lose control and kill a bunch of kids. Yeah, if you read it, in, I guess it's a tonal thing. Um, yeah. I, I think maybe it's it could be both. Um, but... It's hard to tell with this guy, you know, because he obviously loves the attention and he sent it on the one year anniversary of his what, first murder. First that we know of. First that first that we well, first that we can confirm. I've I've read the documents and I think they might be on something with Sherry Joe Bates. But, you know, yeah, I've seen the documents. I've combed through the case files just like I Robert actually Grace have. I actually and- read the FBI case files for this. Oh, nice. I just needed some like micro fish and a big cigar. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's really hard to tell if he was being genuine or not. I I think no, that could also go both ways because he included that swatch of Paul Stein's shirt, so he wanted them to know that it was definitely definitely him. Mm-hmm. But that also could have been like, look what I did. I don't know. It may not be worth like trying to psychoanalyze this guy. Sarah, there are books and documentaries <laughs> and podcasts where that's all people do. We're just dipping a toe in. <laughs> all right. But uh, after all that activity, the Zodiac seemed to take a break at least at least until March of 1970. So like three months of radio silence from this maniac. Um, the following is not confirmed to be an actual Zodiac attack, but there is some reason to suspect that it is. Uh, so we're going to talk about the attempted kidnapping of Kathleen Johns. Oh, another part in the movie that I hate. It's very stressful. It is, yeah. Uh, so on Sunday in late March, 22-year-old Kathleen Johns and her infant daughter left San Bernardino, California to visit her sick mother in Petaluma, uh, which is about a seven-hour drive north. So Petaluma is in Northern California in the Bay Area where all this is happening. Um, San Bernardino is closer to Los Angeles. As she traveled on Highway 132 near Modesto, uh, another vehicle pulled alongside the station wagon, and the driver appeared to signal that Kathleen should pull over. On the side of the road, the driver explained that the back wheel of Kathleen's station wagon was loose, but he promised to fix the problem. Instead, he loosened the lug nuts, and the wheel fell off as Kathleen tried to drive away. Gross. Yeah, that part just always skeeves me out. Uh, The man then offered to drive Kathleen to a gas station, which she agreed to, um, and she claimed that during their ride, uh, he made veiled threats to harm her and her child. Eventually, Kathleen got so freaked out uh, after he didn't stop at a gas station that they passed, uh, Kathleen grabbed her daughter and jumped from the car. Um, A passing driver took Kathleen to a nearby police station where she identified the stranger from a police sketch of the Zodiac. Um, We will come back to this. So she was well traumatized, but fine. 
Yeah, that does not sound like a fun time. Being driven around by a stranger? No. No, can't say I would enjoy that. God, remember when, like, our parents would be like, don't get into cars with strangers, they'll kidnap you, and now you can just, like, call a stranger on your phone and they'll come pick you up in their car? See, yes, but also, isn't that what taxis have been? (laughs) That's true! That's true. I guess there's, like, that safety of, like, oh, this person had to pay to be licensed? Yeah, fair. But I, I don't know. I also find some security in Uber as well, because, like, there's a digital trail. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this guy's taking me. <laughs> well, I mean, I always uh, send Travis, like, my information before Oh yeah, I, like, get in the car. So if I do get murdered, at least he knows who did it. And I say, like, I can't say I don't prefer when my Lyft or Uber driver is a woman, but I vastly prefer it. Did I? Oh, my God. This is not related other than being a very bad car ride. Not as bad as Kathleen John's car ride. So I had a doctor's appointment at, like, 8 in the morning. Um, it Ubers were thin on the ground. Finally got one. They were, like, they took, like, 20 minutes to pick me up. I get in. It's a, you know, normal guy. Uh, he starts playing really loud rap music. At 8 in the morning. That's not the worst part of the story. Oh, boy. So after I had been in the car for, like, five minutes, he turns around. And it's like, so what do you think of the song? I'm like, I don't know. It's all right. He's like... Yeah, it's my mixtape. I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, Jesus. It's like, oh, do you not like rap? I'm like, I don't really have an opinion on it. Um, So he continued to play me his terrible mixtape, got lost. I was like 20 minutes late for my appointment because this guy was just driving me around the uh, hospital campus, making me listen to his fucking mixtape. Oh, my God. I That makes me want to die. <laughs> At that point, I would be like, just murder me. I Yeah, it would be better than this. Uh, no, I told Uber and they refunded my entire ride. <laughs> Beautiful. I love it. Yeah. The, you know, don't get in strangers' cars, I think is the the long and short of that. Yeah. And it's like, I'll just, I don't know. Maybe you have thoughts. I can see this being a Zodiac thing for sure. Because, um, you know, he did a bunch of weird shit. Um, but also, like, I don't think we need to describe, to ascribe this level of, like, sinisterness to the Zodiac when there are plenty of just weird, creepy guys out there. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. I, I think it could definitely... And we discussed last week about how all guys in the 60s look the same. Or 70s, mm. I guess. No, I, I don't think it, it it could be, but I'm not going to be like, it definitely is. Uh, which yeah. I think is where I, I have my disagreements with Robert Graysmith, where he just finds a crime that doesn't have an explanation. He's like, it must have been Zodiac. Must have been the Zodiac. Uh, but I could also see this being like... A mental break, like he's trying something new. Um, yeah. So I think it, it could, much like everything else in this case, it could go either way. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, we just don't have enough evidence to say one way or the other. No. Um. So we're going to do, like, some rapid-fire communications rundowns. Um. Again, the full text of all of these letters can be found online, but they are boring. <laughs> like, I think they're not been- a terribly compelling writer. No, there have been, like, four interesting serial killer letters in the history of serial killers and i'm gonna give that distinction mostly to jack the ripper and david berkowitz (laughs) at least they had style yeah i mean i don't like enjoy reading it but like jack the ripper had that kind of like written by gaslight kind of like ooh feel and david berkowitz was just like a weird creepy stream of consciousness writer so all right so you're buying okay so letter to the chronicle postmarked april 20th 420 1970, (laughs) uh, included a 13-simple cipher and a diagram of a bomb designed to kill children on a school bus, which seems to be something that he is fixated on. This just 
Yeah, this seems needy. Um, the Zodiac denied responsibility for a recent police station bombing that killed an officer. Uh, greeting card to the Chronicle, postmarked April 28th, 1970. Uh, inside the card featured what I can only describe as two prospectors, one riding a dragon, uh, and the phrase, sorry to hear your ass is a dragon. Oh, like, dragging. Yep. That's um, certainly a it's sophisticated a <laughs> level of humor from card writers in the 1970s. Well, in inside this charming... Uh, greeting card, the Zodiac demanded publication of his bomb threats and insisted that the people of the San Francisco Bay Area wear, quote, Zodiac buttons featuring his little symbol. Like I said, very needy. I'm glad he's dead and can't see, like, the weirdos <laughs> now that actually do wear Zodiac buttons. I'm yeah. assuming he's dead. There's no way he's still alive. I would assume so, too. Uh, letter to the Chronicle, postmarked June 26th, 1970, containing a map of the Bay Area with a cross circle on the peak of Mount Diablo and a cipher to locate the Zodiac's bomb with the warning, quote, you have until next fall. Uh, the writer of the letter claimed that he had killed again. Not going to give us any deets there, buddy? Or- nope. Or did he just say, huh, I killed someone? Yeah, pretty much. Um, letter to the Chronicle, postmarked July 24th, 1970. Jesus Christ. The Zodiac complained that people weren't wearing his buttons. <laughs> oh, boy. This guy is just so attention-seeking. I know. And he claimed that he was responsible for the abduction of Kathleen Johns on March 22nd, 1970. Uh, he mentioned a, quote, rather interesting ride with a woman and her baby in a station wagon. Uh, he did not provide any more details. Yeah, that's the kind of one thing that gets me is, like, if he wanted to prove it, he could. Yeah. He did just fine with the other murders, so. Five-page letter to the Chronicle, postmarked July 26, 1970. The Zodiac described torturing his victims and quoted from the Gilbert and Sullivan musical, The Mikado. (laughs) Oh my god, I've cracked it, Emily. The Zodiac killer was Aaron Sorkin. (sighs) I can't handle that. You know I can't (laughs) handle that. I assume there are only two men in history that have had a fixation on Gilbert and Sullivan, and it's probably the Zodiac Killer and Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> I just, I can't handle another person I like being a piece of shit. So if you could just <laughs> not, it's it's like you walking and being like, oh yeah, Mike Flanagan killed John Benet Ramsey. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> Anyway, um, I tried to read the Wikipedia article for the Mikado, and um, I'm sure it's very charming. It is. Culturally insensitive as hell. A Gilbert and Sullivan musical? No. Sarah, it takes place in generalized Asia. You should read the names of the characters. Oh, boy. It is. I'm not even going to, like, guess, because I'm sure they're exactly what you would expect it to be. Yep. So I'm just not going to get into it. Uh... The letter also explained that the, quote, Mount Diablo code concerned geometric angles known as radians. Nerd. (laughs) Uh, An examination of the radian hint by Zodiac researcher Gareth Penn, also a nerd, led to the discovery that a radian angle, when placed over the map per Zodiac's instructions, pointed to the locations of two Zodiac attacks. Okay. Yeah. So I don't really, I don't know what that does for the investigation other than like, oh, interesting. Oh. Good for him on figuring that out, I guess. <laughs> Both the dude and, like, the Zodiac. I imagine the Zodiac was very pleased with himself when he, of like... Of course. I, I just kind of had the same down. reaction to it as, like, when someone tells you, like, oh, there's secretly spinach in that cupcake. And you're like, oh, 
Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Weird. Interesting. <laughs> uh, suspected Zodiac postcard, postmarked October 5th, signed by the Zodiac, and the little small cross sign reportedly drawn with blood, um, was sent to... Ari got his hand out, hands on some red pens. Yeah. Uh, was sent to the Chronicle. Uh, the card's message was formed by pasting words and letters from an edition of the Chronicle, and 13 holes were punched across the card. Inspectors Armstrong and uh, Toski agreed that it was, quote, highly probable that the card had been sent by the Zodiac. I, I guess he was trying collage as a new art form. I mean, that's kind of cool. I'm sure that looked, I'm sure that had, like, a very strong aesthetic to it. Yeah, I'll I'll try to find a picture of it for the the slideshow. Um, I'll I'll find pictures of all of the cards he sent. I I'm not just gonna do like a 47 slide slideshow that's just all of his dumb <laughs> writings, but like that your There's ass a whole is dragon website card. For that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Halloween card sent to Chronicle reporter Paul Avery. You know him. You love him. Yeah, actually, I, I, I don't really know how he was as a person. I just like Robert Downey Jr. Um. <laughs> Anyway, postmarked October 27th, 1970, the writer misspelled Avery's name as Averly, and the number 4-teen was interpreted as a possible reference to an unidentified 14th victim. It's kind of a cute card. <laughs> That's the one with the little skeleton, right? Yeah, uh, and handwritten inside the card was the note, Peekaboo, you are doomed. <laughs> that is kind of cute. I like is it. Is it a fucking Riddler? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, basically. Yeah, that's all he is at this point. Uh, the threat was taken seriously as was the su- and was the subject of a front-page story in the Chronicle. Soon after receiving the letter, Avery received an anonymous letter alerting him to the similarities between Zodiac's activities and the unsolved murder of Sherry Jo Bates. Ooh. Uh, which would be received uh, March 13th, 1971. Zodiac suggested that he was responsible for the murder of Sherry Jo Bates near Riverside College, um, October 30th, 1966. I don't know. I kind of give that one some credence, especially after like hearing the details of the case. I think that might have been like his first kill. Yeah, I think it's entirely possible. I think it would probably depend on. I mean, I don't think we're ever going to get to this point, but like who the suspect, or, like if we ever find out who it actually was, like being able to trace him specifically to that killing would. Yeah, like there are suspects that are interesting because they were known to be in Riverside, that sort of thing. Yeah, uh, and I think we'll talk about that a little bit later in the suspect section. Uh, postcard to the Chronicle, uh, addressed to Paul Avery, postmarked March 22nd. The writer once again misspelled Avery's name as Averly. <laughs> you read his name in the paper. I know. Uh, the phrase sought victim 12 was interpreted as a reference to a woman named Donna Lass who disappeared in Lake Tahoe, Nevada. Um, quick backstory on that one. Uh, on September 6th, 1970, a nurse named Donna Lass vanished sometime after the last entry in her work logbook at 1.50 a.m. Her car was later found abandoned near her apartment. Um, according to some accounts, an unidentified man called Donna's employer and her landlord claiming she had to leave town due to a family emergency, which her family stated to authorities was not true. Yikes. Uh, investigators suspected Donna had been abducted and killed, obviously, uh, but her body was never found. I feel like this woman was probably kidnapped. Oh, really, Sergeant? Huh. No, really? she just decided to leave her children. Yeah, just kind of fucked off, you know, left her car, her apartment, all of her shit. Yeah. Yeah, you know, women be crazy. Of course. So things were quiet until August 1st, 1973. Oh, wow. That's because all those other letters were like in the 70s, right? 71, yeah. 71 okay. was the last one. And then. Okay, so uh, that is kind of a gap. Yeah, and and this might even not be related. So, um, 
The office of the Albany, New York, Times Union newspaper received an envelope with a crossed circle drawn in the corner instead of return address. So that's interesting. Okay. Uh, The letter read, in all caps, I don't know if that was the actual letter, I couldn't find a copy of it, but the article had it in all caps, so we're going to assume. Uh, You are wrong. I am not dead or in the hospital. I am alive and well, and I am going to start killing again. Below is the name and location of my next victim, but you had better hurry because I am going to kill her August 10th at 5 p.m. when the shift change. Albany is a nice town. Uh, Below the message, uh, the writer included three rows of symbols. According to it, an FBI report, Bureau Cryptanalyst. Crypt... Cryptan... Cryptanalysis? Uh, the person who does the cryptanalysis. Cryptanalysts? The codebreaker dude. Yeah, the codebreakers decipher the code, um, and it read, Redacted, Albany Medical Center, this is only the beginning. I assume it was a woman's name. Yeah. Uh, investigators were un- unable to identify any murders that could explain the vague reference to a victim on August 10th. Handwriting experts could not determine if the new letter was written by the Zodiac, quote, due to the lack of significant characteristics uh, in the Albany message, but this possibility could not be eliminated based on the limited analysis. So, I mean, it's very hard to prove a negative. Well, it's it's kind of like, you know, the... Uh, uh, the sixth movie in a series, you have to, like, take it to a new setting. Like, Jason went to space, uh, Leprechaun yeah. went to the hood, uh, Zodiac went to Albany, New York. The Zodiac in Albany. It does sound pretty romantic. Think Zodiac takes Albany. <laughs> or just one woman in Albany. And then gets bored and goes back home. Uh, he picked up confirmed correspondence in January of 1974. Four years past the last concern, uh, confirmed Zodiac murder. Oh, wow. Um, they don't have any other murders or attacks that have been, like, definitely attached to him at this point, either. So, for all we know, he's just been sitting in his mom's basement writing letters for four years. Which, I don't know, that's what I tend to believe. We discussed yeah. this on the last episode. It's like, I think eventually he just kind of figured it's more fun to send letters than it is to actually put in the work of killing people. Ain't that the truth. Uh <laughs> So yeah, a uh, letter to the Chronicle postmarked January 29th, 1974. The writer alluded to a possible suicide and another quote uh, from the Gilbert and Sullivan musical, The Mikado. Really into The Mikado, I guess. Yeah, it's a weird one. Um, the letter also included the notation, me, 37, San Francisco Police Department, zero. Uh, and this was interpreted. <laughs> sure yeah, this was interpreted as a box score indicating 37 victims. The letter also called The Exorcist, uh, quote, the best satirical comedy that I have ever seen. (laughs) Honestly, that's pretty funny. Yeah. Sometimes he has a hit, you know? It's like Bruce Springsteen, like 90% of it's bullshit, and then you get one song and you're like, yeah. Are you sure you want to leave that in? I don't like Bruce Springsteen very much. It's not his fault, it's just not my jam. I have no strong feelings about Bruce Springsteen. I did like the song of his that they played at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy 4. You mean 3? Yes, I didn't like. It's, I was it's like, four. wait, I know I'm kind of behind the times, but they made a fourth one. It's the fourth one if you consider the Christmas special to be uh, a full film. It's my favorite in the series. The Christmas one or the third one? Uh, the Christmas one. The third oh. one's good. The third one made me deeply sad. I, I expect. That's why I've kind of been putting off watching. Um, it's like, I don't want to feel things. You will, but like, I don't know. James Gunn is an emotional terrorist, but I love him. I mean, there will be a time. I'm re- I have put off rewatching Midnight Mass now for two Halloweens um, because 
it hurts. <laughs> I'm like finally, finally committing, and uh, it's as bad as I remember it being. I haven't finished watching it because it made me feel so much Catholic guilt that I was like, ugh, ugh, ugh. Yeah, it does that too. Um, incidentally, the song at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy, the one Bruce Springsteen song that I like is Badlands, which is actually inspired by Charles Starkweather and Carol Ann Fugit's Killing Spree, which we talked about last week when I couldn't remember their names. Ah. <laughs> and and we've come full circle. Just wait. Just wait. Okay. I'm like a coked out squirrel right now. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> okay. So the Chronicle postmarked February 14th, 1974. The writer referred to the SLA or Symbionese Liberation Army, a group of militant urban guerrillas responsible for oh. the abduction of uh, F. Lee Bailey client Patty Hearst. Boy, there are a lot of connections in this episode. I really should have gotten this just the thread like out. The 60s. Um, the message was signed, quote, a friend. Oh, I should mention that in that, I don't know why I did put the rest of that fun fact in there. He mentioned the SLA uh, in relation to the fact that it sounds like a German word that means kill. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. He's just doing fun facts now. He's turning into my dad. Just like, I liked this movie a lot. Did you know he's going to send him a fucking joke next? Obvious. Okay, so card to the Chronicle, postmarked May 8th, 1974. Uh, this message from, quote, a citizen complained about the, quote, glorification of violence in newspaper ads for the movie The Badlands, <laughs> which, not for nothing, is based on the spree killings of Charles Starkweather and Carol Ann Fugit. <sighs> One, I love all this. This is great. Two, that's so fucking rich. Oh, just wait, just wait. I... I I'm actually going to read this whole this whole uh, one because it's so stupid. It's a, you can tell this guy was a baby boomer. They're all baby boomers. It's the 70s. Too much lead in the gasoline. Yeah, we really fucked up on that one. And I don't mean like we, like us. Um, I mean like we, like the baby boomers and the uh, greatest generation. Yeah, great job, guys. Good job. Oh, my God. And now look where we are. The, uh, quote, Badlands card uh, sent to the San Francisco Chronicle. Sirs, I would like to, I would like to expression, but the O one is crossed out, my consterna- crossed out, consternation concerning your poor taste and lack of sympathy for the public, as evidenced by your running ads for the movie Badlands, featuring the blurb, quote, in 1959, most people were killing time, Kit and Holly were killing people, unquote. In light of recent events, this kind of murder glorification can only be deplorable at best. Not that the glorification of violence was ever justifiable. Why don't you show some concern for public sensibilities and cut the ad? I'm sure he really thought he did something with that letter. Dickless loser. (laughs) Sorry, that's offensive to everybody who doesn't have a dick. Um, It's just a lot of the population. Uh... Uh, glorification. Okay, so, uh, letter to the Chronicle, postmarked July 8th, 1974, so about two months later. Uh, the writer complained that the apparently anti-feminist Chronicle columnist, uh, Marco Spinelli, suffered from a, quote, serious psychological disorder and should be sent, quote, back into the hellhole. This letter was signed, quote, the Red Phantom. Uh, one, dumb name. Two, Zodiac, secret feminist? Uh, he, um, murdered at least three women? <laughs> that That's the joke. The Zodiac's authorship of this letter is debated. It's also the last letter that might have been from the Zodiac. Um, oh, okay. 
And now we're going to... Might as in, like, the last one that they feel reasonably could have been sent, or the last one that they're just unsure of? Uh, just the last one. We're going to talk right now about a section of the movie that breaks my heart, and just a section of history that breaks my heart. Oh. A letter dated April 24th, 1978, was initially thought to be authentic, but was labeled as a hoax less than three months later. Dave Toskey was thought to have forged the letter. Author Armistead Maupin... Moppin, whatever, fuck him. Uh, Moppin sounds right. Moppin. Uh, believe the letter to be similar to, quote, fan mail that praised both the work of Toski and the investigation, which he received in 1976. He believed both letters were written by Toski. While uh, Toski admitted to writing the fan mail, he denied forging the Zodiac letter, because why the fuck would he, and was eventually cleared of the charges. The authenticity- yeah, I- hmm? Yeah, I don't buy it. I don't buy it either. Oh, no, absolutely not. I think uh, Armistead, what's his ass, just wanted attention. Yeah. Anyway, leave leave Dave Toski alone. He did his best. He's played by Mark Ruffalo, and that makes him likable, even though I know nothing about the man as a person. Well, did you know that the character actually was in the movie Zodiac, so you probably knew that, but the character of Dirty Harry was based on him, which the bow ties and stuff just... <laughs> yeah, and I think um, I think they make a reference to, like, Bullet, Steve McQueen. Yes. Is also supposed to be based off Toski. Yes, and... I uh, have not seen yet either. Well, no, because we're not our dad. Um... Uh, there's also a reference to Dave Toski in uh, the first Star Wars movie. Really? Yes. <gasps> Luke's Hashi Station? Yep. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Just fun fact for your next party. That is a fun fact. I like that one. Okay. So now that we've gone through all of these cries for attention, <laughs> uh, it's time to talk about suspects. Ugh. Can we skip this part? <laughs> People would be mad. Yeah, that's Over. kind of like the... The end piece to my whole thing. I mean, this is, there's a reason I decided I was going to cover the crimes and make you do the suspects. Cause like, uh. Oh, I, my edibles kicking in too. So I should be, I should be good. <laughs> Fantastic. You were on the, yeah, it was a group chat where I said I was going to pop an edible. So I didn't get too mad when I talked about the suspects. No. Good timing. That worked out nice, right? nicely for you. Okay. So I have divided the, the suspects into three categories. The insane, the not insane, but still stupid and the plausible. Ah, I love it. Insane as in the suspects are insane, or it's insane that they're considered suspects? It's insane that they're considered suspects. Fantastic. I'm very excited. I'm going to go into this with an open mind, but it is just a fact in this world that some ideas are better than other ideas, and it's just how it is. It, this is true. It's also not an exhaustive list. I kind of cherry-picked the ones that amuse me the most, with the exception of our main suspects, because um, I wanted to retain my will to live. A good call. Like I said, th- there were, like, thousands of suspects. Oh, yeah. Every every asshole on the internet has a favorite Zodiac suspect. I-, I mean, I also have one at this point, and it pains me to admit which one it is, but we'll get to it. I mean, you are an asshole on the internet, though. I, so I am a huge holds. asshole on the internet. <laughs> so let's start with the insane. Ted Bundy. My favorite. No. According to researcher Tom Voigt, fingerprint comparison in February of 1989, 1989 eliminated Ted Bundy as a person of interest. It, it matches yeah, none of his stupid. MO. Absolutely none. No. I'm glad we used those tax dollars. This one fucking cracks me up. Okay. Serial killer Edward Edwards. Oh, this motherfucker. <laughs> this is George Huddle all over again. We'll get to that. Um... So, a homeboy committed five murders between 1977 and 1996. Um, he has been linked to the Zodiac murders and several other unsolved cases by a former cold case detective named John A. Cameron. I hope you're ready for what I'm about to say, because it is insane and lazy. I 
I have an inkling. Cameron Tite Edwards, The West Memphis Three, The Atlanta Child Murders, The 2001 Amerithrax Attacks, The Killing of Chandra Levy, and The Murder of Kent Heitholt. Uh, he also documented similarities uh, between the murder of John Benet Ramsey and the Zodiac's known crimes. Sure. The fake ransom note contained for. I'm not going to call Is it this a fake. The John Benet Ramsey thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, for some reason, the article I was reading said fake. Uh, the ransom note may or may not be real, contains Zodiac-like misspellings and references to crime films. Do you know how many murderer and kidnapping letters have typos and misspellings in them? It's almost like criminals aren't really that smart. Or they're faking it to make it... Yeah, whatever. One of these films was Dirty Harry, which Zodiac referenced in his correspondence. Cameron also wrote that John Bonet told... This gets dumber and dumber the... This is like the eighth time I've read it. It's just getting stupider. Um, John Bonet Ramsey told a neighbor that she would meet Santa Claus on the night she was later killed. The Zodiac wore an elaborate costume at Lake Berryessa and claimed really? to use disguises when he committed his crimes. Yes, the Zodiac definitely dressed up as Santa. This is my favorite line. I copied it right for the Wikipedia because it's perfect. However, his theories were met with almost universal disdain, especially from law enforcement. <laughs> You'll love to see it. I'm sorry. I, I just, it was like, all right, West Memphis 3, that doesn't really meet the MO, whatever. Atlanta Child Murders also doesn't really, like, Zodiac never killed a child. The mm-hmm. 2001 Amerithrax attacks. It's, yeah. it's, you know it's bad when that seems like the most likely one. Yep. Um, anyway, <laughs> it's not Edward Edwards. He's a horrible person, but. Yeah, definitely a murderer. Uh, not just not that one or that one or that John one. Benny Ramsey's killer. Oh my god! No, we know it was Mike Flanagan. I'm sorry, Mike Flanagan. I don't want to slander you. <laughs> I'll slander Mike Flanagan. He's made me cry too much. Yeah, there's a reason I haven't watched the one with the cancer kids. Oh yeah, that'll that one will get you too. Actually, the like yes, Hill House was emotionally devastating and. Other Bly one. Manor. Bly Manor. Also emotionally also devil- emotion- devastating. The thing that he did that got me the most was the end of Doctor Sleep, because it was not the same as the book, but also, like, man, he's just gonna make Ewan McGregor do sad shit? Are you serious? <laughs> Terrorist. Him and James Gunn. Make the horror movie. Yeah. Stop making me feel shit. That's a very emotional person's version of, like, shut up and focus on sports or whatever. <laughs> like, a basketball man has politics ideas. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, our next suspect is Ted Kaczynski. <sighs> sure. A- A.K.A. the Unabomber. A.K.A. looks nothing like... Um, Paul Dano is the only name in my head right now, but it's uh, the hot Paul. Vision. Paul Bettany. Paul Bettany. He played the Unabomber. That's very generous casting. Yeah, I think you'll find in most movies about serial killers, uh, they're very generous in their casting. Jeffrey Dahmer, played by Jeremy Renner. Uh, and Evan Peters. Mm, that one I can kind of get. That that uh, that dweeby kid from Sabrina, though, was maybe the best Dahmer that I've ever seen. Actually, American Horror Story Season 6, Hotel, Seth Gable. That's the best Jeffrey Dahmer I've seen. Mm. I don't want to give Ryan Murphy that kind of credit, but anyway, so the Unabomber didn't commit the Zodiac murders. Um, No. So he was investigated in 1996. Um, He worked in Northern California at the time of the murders, and like the Zodiac, had an interest in cryptography and threatened the uh, press into publishing his communications. Uh, Kaczynski was ruled out by both the FBI and the San Francisco Police Department based on fingerprint and handwriting comparisons. Um, and also so his absence from definitely California. not. Well, yeah, 
and uh, his absence from California on certain dates of known activity. I mean, Northern California is a big place. Like, this is less insane than, like, other ones in this category, but um, it's not him. The next one, though, the Manson family. You know what? Points your creativity. (laughs) I've not heard this one yet. The vibe is, oh, no, we're just going to think it's everyone who murdered someone in the 70s. I mean, basically. People aren't very creative. No. So following the capture of Charles Manson and other family members associated with their murder spree, a 1970 report by the California Bureau of of Criminal Identification and Investigation, the (laughs) Sipiki, stated that all male members of the Manson family had been investigated and eliminated as Zodiac suspects. That is sexist. It was Squeaky From. She's the Zodiac. Bold, bold proclamation there. I like it. If anyone was going to do it, it's fucking squeaky. Anyway, they gave a lot of credit to a, a shitty two-bit criminal gremlin. Um, yeah. And his crew of co-gremlins. <sighs> All right. Our, ne- our, our next and last in our insane suspects, George Hodel. Yeah, this motherfucker. Um, props to retired police detective Steve Hodell for throwing his dad under the bus for every major crime in the last 50 years. So he stated in his book, The Black Dahlia Avenger, which would be an amazing Marvel movie that I would absolutely see. He said that his father, George Hodell, was the Black Dahlia killer. The book led to the release of previously suppressed files and wire recordings by the uh, L.A. District Attorney Office of his father, which showed that the older Hodel had actually been a prime suspect in the murder. Um, District Attorney Steve Kay subsequently wrote a letter, which is published in the revised edition of the book, stating that if George Hodel were still alive, he would be prosecuted for the crime. Oh, damn. Yeah, it, George Hodel was probably the Black Dahlia killer. See, and, like, that that's what I would buy. I feel like I'm a little less convinced uh, now that Steve Hodel, Hodel, whatever, Hodel, um, has, you know, made a big deal about it. But I, yeah, so I think I remember reading that original theory and, like, yeah, sure, that sounds plausible. Because they made that, that whole uh, miniseries with Chris Pine. Yeah. That's not what convinced me, but, like, it was, it helped. Okay. In a follow-up book... Hodel argued a case that his father was also the Zodiac killer based upon a police sketch, the similarity of the style of the Zodiac letters to a series of cut and paste postcards allegedly sent by the Black Dahlia murderer. Which, good luck proving that. Yeah. Um, yeah, George Hodel killed Elizabeth Short, but I doubt he waited 20 years before completely changing his M.O. and killing again. Yeah. That just, it it's, that's highly unlikely. Also, I just, like, I generally hate the... In, I think it's an instinct, maybe a hope people have. It's like, oh, there's only so many serial killers and all of the mysterious crimes are all these like 10 guys. Well, it's, it's, it's like, like people trying to blame there's... Jack the Ripper on A.J.H. Holmes. Yeah, it's like there can be more than one shitty guy. And sometimes they're just a shitty person once and then they're not shitty again and we don't know why. Yeah. And you can't just like be like Henry Lee Lucas did it. We got him. So we're moving on to our, our second category. The insane, but still stupid. (laughs) So our first uh, still stupid is Robert Ivan Nichols, also known as Joseph Newton Chandler III. Oh, yeah, this guy. He was a formerly identified identity thief who died by suicide in Eastlake, Ohio, in July of 2002. After his death, investigators were were unable to locate his family and discovered that he had stolen the identity of an eight-year-old boy who had been killed in a car crash in Texas in 1945. 
The lengths with which Nichols went to to hide his identity led to speculation that he was a, a fugitive from the law. That is a reasonable assumption. Yeah. Um, the U.S. Marshal Service announced his identification at a press conference on June 21st, 2018. Some amateur investigators suggested that he might have been the Zodiac Killer, as he resembled police sketches and had lived in California where the Zodiac operated. I don't think he did it. Uh, that's it. I, I just really like that story. I'll do a mini on it sometime. Yeah. But um, definitely, yeah, definitely an interesting case. Well, I don't know if you guys know this, but one of my favorite genres of Unsolved Mysteries is um, Jane and John Doe's that died, but with a lot of weird shit around them. Not even murdered, just like... Even if they die by suicide. It's usually, honestly, the suicide ones that are the most... Um, Confusing? Mysterious. Yes. Yeah, Sarah is nice and sends me updates when these people are in, uh, identified. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about him in a different episode. Um, well, maybe I'll do a little potpourri episode of all of my favorite, like, unidentified John and Jane Doe's. Oh, yeah, that would be interesting. I would like to hear that. Good. Next episode decided. I'm glad we had this talk. Definitely a true crimey bent to this first half of the season. Ah, who gives a shit? I'll talk about ghosts in the back end. Uh, so in 2002, oh, this one's this one is actually like the least stupid of the still stupids. <laughs> so uh, in 2022, novelist Jarrett Kobeck published uh, How to Find Zodiac, in which Kobeck named Paul Doerr as a suspect. Uh, Doerr was a North Bay resident with a P.O. box in Vallejo where the first murders took place. Mm -hmm. uh, he would have been 42 in 1969, and he was 5'9", which is consistent with witness estimates. little on the older side. But still, yeah, like, reasonable. Uh, he was an avid fanzine publisher and letter writer throughout the 1960s and 70s. Uh, many of his fanzine write writings exhibited circumstantial parallels with the Zodiac. Uh, for example, uh, Dora was interested in cryptography. Oh, this is why I included in Doerr's own Tolkien fanzine, Hobbitalia. <laughs> I was like, why did I include this guy? It's just kind of weird. And then, yeah, that's why. I love that. Good. I love that for him. Uh, he published a cipher in uh, Sirith. Yeah. Like Black Speech, I believe. Um, three days nice. after Zodiac sent the Z13 cipher. Is that the one that just had like 13 letters? Yes. Okay. That makes sense because it's Zodiac 13. God damn it. <laughs> Oh, here's an article that says French engineer says that he solved the Zodiac cipher. Oh, good for him. I'll have to read that later. I mean, this would be the time to, like, say it, but... Uh, okay, I, I can't actually find the answer to that. Okay. So is there any evidence that this guy was the Zodiac besides that he was a huge fucking Lord of the Rings nerd? Oh, I still have a full paragraph on this gentleman. Oh, okay. In Doors' own uh, other fanzine, Pioneer... He references the same formula for a bomb later given by the Zodiac, a formula which Kobeck, uh, the author of the book, argues was not widely known before the uh, internet and publication of the Anarchist Cookbook in 1971. Fair. Uh, Dorr highlights that it must that the bomb must be kept dry and emits the need for a starter, uh, which is also similar with Zodiac. In a letter to a different fanzine in 1970, Dorr advocated using solely one-cent stamps despite the post office. A practice that the Zodiac employed on some of his letters. Uh, Dor hinted in another letter to a fanzine in 1974 that he had killed people, and he revealed in a different letter that he had uh, that he knew that mail to the San Francisco Examiner would be delivered without a street address, just as the Zodiac sent them. Hmm. Which we know because they published Zodiac stuff, so it it's not like he said it after the fact. Yeah. It's not groundbreaking. 
uh, Dora's own daughter read Kobeck's book with the intent of suing for libel, <laughs> but came away impressed with Kobeck's research. You know, maybe my dad did do it. Yeah, you just like read the last page, close the book, set it down, take a second. Is my dad the fucking Zodiac? <laughs> Uh, she added in interviews that Dor had at times been violent and abusive as a father. Um, I think he's yeah, solid, nice. but I can't find any mention of real police interest in him. But he is a stronger suspect than fucking Tex Watson. Yeah, he's definitely interesting. Um, a lot of, like, circumstantial Oh, yeah, there's, there's, like, it's just that he, like, he, he said things. It's all stuff that he said. Yeah. So. It is definitely, like, something that, like, I think would rightly put him on the radar of police to do further investigation. Yes. Of. But there's certainly not enough there to like. Yeah, it's all just like. Well, he wrote this that sounded like this. It's like, yeah, that is weird. But um, you know, some kind of like physical Uh evidence. People are weird. It sounds like maybe he was just kind of a shitty, shitty guy. Yeah, who liked to write letters. Plenty of those in the sixties. So our last in the um, what I call it, stupid, uh, not insane, but stupid. Uh, uh, Giuseppe Bella Bella Vaca. Gotta throw in at least a couple unpronounceable names for us just one um in 2018 an independent inquiry by italian journalist francesco amacone implicated joseph giuseppe baklava uh giuseppe baklava a former superintendent of the florence american cemetery and memorial as a suspect in both the zodiac and the monster of florence cases i was gonna ask like that's if if there are two things it's never never true the reason this is not insane it's because the monster of Florence had a similar MO. Fair. But. Oh, I'm not saying that we should be they're investigating. They're not like super creative. Cr- yeah. It was, to be fair, they're not super creative crimes. No. Giuseppe testified at the trial of monster of Florence prime suspect Pietro Pacanani. Passiani. Jesus Christ. Italian's not that hard, Emily. Pietro Passiani in 1994. Now I know how people feel when they try to say my last name. <laughs> Uh, Amacone alleged that on September 11th, 2017, Giuseppe confessed to being the killer in both cases. Uh, investigations by Italian authorities into Giuseppe were suspended in 2021. We're just really into blaming the people for the Zodiac and also other serial murders. Yeah. Is there any evidence that he was anywhere near California? I don't know. I mean, I, I assume that would be listed. <laughs> I can't remember enough about the Monster Florence murders to, like, have a time frame. But there is a precedent to a foreign serial killer coming to the United States, killing a couple people, and then going back to where they came from. Oh, yeah? Who's that? Uh, blah, 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 blah. Um, he's Austrian. Oh, was that the guy who, like, killed people, went to jail, wrote, wrote a book, book, got out? Yeah. Jack Unterweger. Yeah, thank you. Speaking of pieces of shit. All right, so it's it's time for the main event, uh, which I am tentatively titling. titling. Why I agree with Jake Gyllenhaal, but not with Robert Graysmith, sort of, maybe. <laughs> I love it. Let's go. I agree with Jake Gyllenhaal because he's Jake Gyllenhaal. Good casting. Love looking at him. I only kind of agree with Robert Graysmith. Not handsome. I don't know. Maybe back in the 70s. Uh, so we're going to talk about um, Arthur Lee Allen. The guy in the movie. John Carroll Lynch. Great character actor. He really is. Love him. So Robert Graysmith's book, Zodiac, pushed Arthur Lee Allen who died in 1992, as a potential suspect, based on primarily circumstantial evidence. I will say there's a lot of it, though. To be fair, like, circumstantial evidence does not mean bad evidence. No. Especially if there's a lot of it. 
Um, so Alan has, I mean, back in the day, that's all we used to get people on, like, before we had fingerprinting and stuff. I'd say, yeah, I think actually, like, I think I've read that, like, most cases are actually uh, based off of circumstantial evidence. Like, it's very rare that you actually have, like, physical evidence that can, like, put someone at the scene. Um, Alan had been interviewed by police from the early days of the investigation and was the subject of several search warrants over a 20-year period. In 2010, Dave Toski stated that all the evidence against Alan ultimately turned out to be negative, which I don't know if that's good or bad. Uh, Mark Mark Ruffalo, <laughs> who did in fact know Toski and discuss the case with him, commented, if you get into who these cops were, you realize how they had to take their hunches, their personal beliefs, out of it. Dave Toski said to me, quote, as soon as the guy walked in the door, I knew it was him, unquote. He was sure he had him, but never had a solid piece of evidence, so he had to keep investigating every other lead. The biggest quote in this episode is from Mark the Hulk Ruffalo. God bless him. Uh, so Jack Molinax um, of the Vallejo Police Department wrote that Allen had received a dishonorable discharge from the U.S. Navy in 1958 and had fired from his job as an elementary school teacher in March of 1968, after allegations of sexual misconduct with students. Not a great guy. No, he was generally well he was generally well regarded by those who knew him, but was also described as, quote, fixated on young children and angry at women. <sighs> yeah, I mean... I mean, he's not a good guy. On October 6, 1969, Alan was interviewed by John Lynch of the Vallejo Police Department. Um, he had been reported in the vicinity of Lake Berryessa um, on September 27, 1969. He claimed that he had been scuba diving at Salt Point on the day of the attacks. Sure. I just... I mean, you can't go scuba diving and then go murder someone. It's not impossible. I'm just saying. Wait, was Lake Berryess on September 27th? Yes. Yep. I don't know if it was exactly September 27th, but it was definitely September. Well, I was just thinking, like, that's a little late in the year to be going scuba diving because it's cold. And then I remembered I made a big deal to you about how it wouldn't have been that cold uh, in <laughs> Napa. I'm just saying they wouldn't have frozen if they had had to sleep there overnight. They wouldn't have frozen. They could reasonably have gotten hypothermia. Maybe. Which I guess is semantics, but okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, Alan popped up on the police radar again in 1971 when his friend Donald Cheney, dirty snitch, uh, reported to the police. <laughs> what a shitty friend, man. I don't know. <laughs> you told me you were going to kill a bunch of people and then write letters to the newspapers. I might turn you in. That's fair. And I hope you would. I do the same for you. <laughs> Anyway, thanks. <laughs> oh, and his friend Donald Cheney reported to the police in Manhattan Beach, California, that Allen had spoken of his desire to kill people, used the name Zodiac, and secured a flashlight or secured a flashlight to a firearm for visibility at night. According to Cheney, this conversation occurred no later than January first, nineteen sixty-nine. Allen was interviewed by the police in nineteen seventy-one. Uh, the Zodiac would not write again until nineteen seventy-four. In September of 1972, San Francisco police obtained a search warrant for Allen's residence that apparently didn't turn up anything of value except the scene in the movie where no one was wearing gloves and there were a ton of squirrels. Yeah, the squirrels. Oh, boy. It's another one of those scenes in the movies that's just, I mean, upsetting for a lot of reasons, but oof. She's like, what is happening? Put some gloves on. Because, like, it's literally just Mark Ruffalo picking up a stack of papers and being like, do you think this is anything? <laughs> Not anymore, Mark. Oh, look, evidence. Okay, in 1974, Alan was arrested arrested for sexually assaulting a 12-year-old boy. Um, he pleaded guilty, served two years imprisonment. And just to fucking note, that's what the uh, Zodiac letter stopped. I don't want to get, like, ahead of you, but that's what I find most compelling about Arthur Lee Allen as a suspect is the timeline. Mm-hmm. 
And maybe it's just because, again, because I watched the movie and I'm not done research beyond it. I mean, uh, spoiler alert, I think he's likely. So uh, Vallejo police served another search warrant at Allen's residence in February of 1991. And then again, two days after Allen's death in 1992. I don't know why you need a search warrant after he's dead. Yeah, good question. Uh, Vallejo police served another warrant and seized property. Served a warrant to who? Anyway, served another warrant and seized property from his residence. But I looked at the police report and it was stuff like paper with math and a printer. Crack job there, detectives. In July 1992, Jimmy Simpson identified, nope, Mike Michaud identified <laughs> Allen as the man who attacked him in 1969 from a photo lineup saying, quote, that's him. It's the man who shot me. And then Hurdy Gurdy Man plays and roll credits. You know, I've had Season of the Witch stuck in my head all day. And I'm like, why can't? That's not even the one that's appropriate. I need the other Donovan song. Mellow Yellow. Uh, in 2007, police officer Donald, I think it's pronounced Fook. Fauk? Fuck. Falk, yeah, that's the one who um, saw him at Stein's murder. Yeah. Okay. In 2007, police officer Donald Falk, who allegedly saw the Zodiac fleeing from the Stein killing, said that Alan weighed about 100 pounds more than the man he saw, adding that his face was too round. Nancy Slover, who received the call from Zodiac after the um, Joe-Ferrin shooting, said that Alan did not sound like the man on the phone. I don't really trust. I was going to say, like, that's the thing with all this evidence, like, both ways. Both the people who are positively identifying him and others who say it wasn't him. These are people that are being asked months and years and decades after the fact. And human memory is bad. I think I trust Mike Mijot more than I trust the police officer. Yeah, they say like a lineup is one thing because you can kind of hedge against that a little bit. You know, you can, they're not seeing, you're not like putting a picture in front of a guy and saying, is this the guy? Whereas like, especially with audio, it's like you're playing them one recording. Probably. And it's over a 1960s telephone. Yeah. Um, other evidence exists against Allen, which is again, entirely circumstantial. Um, a letter sent to the Riverside Police Department from Sherry Joe Bates's killer was typed with a royal typewriter, uh, the same brand found in a February 1991 search of Allen's residence. Uh, He owned and wore a Zodiac brand wristwatch. He lived in Vallejo and worked a few minutes away from where um, Darlene Farron lived and from where one of the killings took place. This is a lot of where Grace Smith's evidence lies. Um, Mm -hmm. He also had some real big ideas on how many people the Zodiac actually killed, but I think that's giving the Zodiac uh, too much credit. Yeah, I actually did read his book a couple years ago. Or you know, probably more than a couple years ago, but it's like, you know, you had a compelling case and then you kind of just, it's, you George hoddled it. <laughs> you went too far. I guess technically he Steve hoddled it, but still. Yeah, he didn't kill a, a woman, <laughs> I don't think. Not that we know of. Interesting. It was him. Robert Graysmith was the Zodiac. And there's a new t-shirt. I want like that in like red text on a pink t-shirt for some reason. Like that's how <laughs> I'm seeing this. Um, in 2002... The San Francisco Police Department developed a partial DNA profile from the saliva on the stamps and envelopes of Zodiac's letters. The police department compared this DNA to that of Arthur Lee Allen. Um, a comparison is also made with Don Cheney, who was Allen's former close friend and the first person to suggest that Allen might be the Zodiac. Neither test result indicated a match, so they were excluded as contributors to the DNA. Um, a retired police handwriting expert, Lloyd Cunningham, uh, who worked on Zodiac for decades, stated, quote, they gave me banana boxes full of Alan's writing and none of his writing even came close to the Zodiac, nor did DNA extracted from the envelopes come close to Arthur Lee Allen. Now, fair. 
However, in 2018, it was revealed that the Zodiac DNA that was used for the test was actually a DNA sample found on the outside of the stamp that the Zodiac had used. Mm, interesting. I was going to say, like, I would be ready to believe that maybe the DNA sample was not uh, as good as they would maybe want it to be. No, because the people were fucking touching it. Yeah, like, chain of evidence alone. The sample probably... could have been from anybody, including investigators, you know? Yeah. Um, it's also worth noting that some sources said that Alan did not like licking his own stamps and envelopes, claiming the glue made him sick, which is a weird thing to know about somebody, but... Yeah, I don't know if I believe that. I've heard that, too. Like, maybe he, like, anticipated that that could... Like, be traced to him, and therefore he had someone else lick them, which I don't buy. I think that's ridiculous. Um, he could have but, used, like, one of those little sponge things. Yeah, I was going to say, I think I find that more likely than having someone else lick stamps. I mean, I mail, like, at least five things a day at work, and I never have licked an envelope or a stamp or anything, because I have one of those little sponge things. Yeah, why would you? Um. Okay, so our, our last suspect... As kind of on the newer side, actually. Um, his name is Gary Francis Poste. Poste? Poste. Okay. I was hoping you were going to cover this guy because, like, he kept coming up. Yeah. When I was researching and I was like, I don't want to read any of this because it'll be a spoiler. Um, so in October of 2021, a team of over 40 cold case investigators uh, claiming to be composed of former law enforcement, military intelligence, journalists, what have you, uh, calling themselves the case breakers. Alleged to have identified the Zodiac Killer as Gary Francis Posty, who died in 2018 at the age of 80. The team says that they uncovered forensic evidence and photos from Posty's darkroom and noted that scars on Posty's forehead matched those that were described on the killer. They also claim that removing the letters of Posty's name from one of the Zodiac cryptograms revealed an alternate message, which I cannot find. (sighs) Then, yeah, I was going to say, okay. Post the solution, then. Yeah, this I, couldn't, is a thing. I couldn't fucking find it. The FBI subsequently stated that the case remained open and that there is, quote, no new information to report, while local law enforcement was skeptical regarding the team's findings. Riverside police officer Ryan Railsback said that the case breakers' claims largely relied on circumstantial evidence, and author Tom Voigt, a Zodiac killer investigator who I believe we talked about earlier, politely called the claims bullshit. Hmm. Voigt noted that no witness in the case describes Zodiac as having scars on his forehead, so we don't know where that came from. Yeah, I think, because I've seen those pictures, it's like they circle, like, the wrinkles in his forehead. Yeah. Like, they just drew wrinkles. Yeah, it meant he had, like, a beefy forehead. He had forehead lines. He'd been frowning a lot. It's fucking Zodiac. What do you want? Yeah. Happy people don't kill people. Poste has been investigated as a suspect in the case since at least 2014 by news anchor Dale Jutland, who claims he used anagrams to find a possible burial site for Donna Lass. Poste is is also one of the only suspects to have been interviewed by authorities for the Zodiac crimes, and he also allegedly confessed the murders of six people. I mean, I don't know. Possible he killed someone. Six times. When you get into stuff like anagrams, I get less less sure about your claims. Yeah. Um, there are a few alleged connections to Posty and some Zodiac letters. Posty, I don't know how it's pronounced. Um, such as the 1974 Exorcist letter, where the Zodiac gave himself a score of 37. Posty was born in 1937 and would turn 37 years old that year in November. Uh, one of the longer ciphers was received on Posty's birthday in 1969. 
Another letter was received the next day, and this is the only time two letters were mailed back-to-back. Zodiac sent the Stein letter on the ninth anniversary of Posty being shot by a police officer, and Zodiac talked to two officers on the night of Stein's murder. Talked to two police officers where? Uh, um, the night that uh, Stein was murdered, didn't didn't he get stopped by two police officers, and they didn't know that they were looking for him because they said it was a black guy? Yeah, but how did they know that it was... Or where, where, where does the connection to Posty come in? Um, it doesn't really. It's saying that he sent it on the ninth anniversary, sent the Stein letter, so the, the letter claiming Stein, mm-hmm. on the ninth anniversary of Posty being shot by a police officer, unrelated. And Zodiac allegedly talked to two officers on the night of Stein's murder, who he was oh, writing the okay. letter about. It's stupid, I completely Sarah. misheard that that is not a connection. No, it's not. This is like Charlie, Kelly, Pepe, Sylvia. Like, that's where we're going. <laughs> there were police involved in this criminal case. It's like the seven degrees of, like, dumb shit. I don't know. Um, well, this is, again, I'm glad I didn't look into this because I would have just been angry. Wikipedia, Wikipedia claims renewed interest in Posty as the Zodiac killer became suspect in May of 2023. But the source cited for that claim on Wikipedia was a New York Post article about how the FBI failed to investigate Posty. So I don't know. This this is the other thing that gets me is like, no real credible news sources are covering him as a suspect. <laughs> a lot of tabloids, a lot of internet websites. So that's all I have on him. Um, in April 2004, San Francisco Police Department marked the cases inactive, citing better things to do. Yeah, I mean, fair, honestly. However, they reopened their case sometime before March of 2007, and the case is still open in Napa County, where Lake Berryessa is, and in the city of Riverside. Uh, in, oh, Christ. In May 2018, the Vallejo Police... Actually, no, I'm going to give this to them. Um, In 2018, the Vallejo Police Department announced their intention to attempt to collect the Zodiac Killer's DNA from the back of stamps used during correspondence. Ah, the good side this time. (laughs) The analysis by a private laboratory was expected to check the DNA against GED match? GED match, yeah. Yeah. Gen match, Gen match? Yeah, that's where I was getting hung up. I can't remember if it's an acronym or if they say the word. Yeah, it's a it's a DNA um, database. It's the same one where they submitted uh, the Golden State Just Killer DNA. Wait. It was hoped that oh. the Zodiac Killer may be caught in a similar fashion with the Golden State Killer Joseph James D'Angelo. Oh, gotcha. Well. Um, in that same month, a police detective said that res- results were not expected for several weeks. And as of October of 2022, no results have been reported. Yeah, and I, I promise you... If they had been, I would have seen it on Reddit. Um, I believe they also ran Joseph James D'Angelo's uh, DNA. Uh, oh, against the Zodiac? Against the Zodiac. Or they, like, investigated him for it. But uh, his crime started with burg- burglary in 1974, and it is just not likely that he de-escalated. Oh, yeah. I don't anticipate he would, like, go back. Same area, but um, different. Different vibe. Yeah. Um. Okay. I was going to get into other serial murders that might have been connected, but I don't think they are, so I'm not going to. Um, Thank you. Are you ready for my my personal opinion after all of this? Of course I am. Um, Why would I be here if I wasn't interested in your opinions? <laughs> I think that the Zodiac needed attention, and he started by like killing people because they're like, ooh, I'll do that, and I'll get attention for that, and then he realized that he didn't have to do that to get the attention, so he just kept writing letters. 
So I don't think he committed any of the other crimes. He may have started with Sherry Jo Bates, saw what a big deal people made of that, and then was like, oh. But what if this time but I what killed if I, two people? And I did it fancy and like a shithead. Because um, I uh, generally, with serial killers, the first kill is an accident or not planned, unless you're BTK. Again, yeah, the worst. A little more of a crime of passion, sort of. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's what happened. So I don't think the Zodiac is connected to any of the other crimes other than Sherry Joe Bates. And I think it might have been Arthur Lee Allen, but we're never going to know. Well, we might. They might get the DNA. I don't know. Yeah, that's possible. I, I, I generally, honestly, I'm on the same page. I think Arthur Lee Allen of the known suspects is probably the most likely. Um, but I also think there's like as equally good a chance or it could be some name in a case file that no one actually knows. And just he never got properly investigated. Yeah. Um, And I think the killing stopped either because he realized he was close to being caught, uh, which is what happened with the Joseph James D'Angelo, I think. And he just like shut her all down. Um, Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of the thing is like, eventually, if you keep committing crimes, one of the crimes you're gonna mess up. And yes, but he also might have gone to jail. Oh, yeah, fair. Uh, Like Arthur Lee Allen, the letter stopped Mm -hmm. when he went to jail. I mean, the, the like, Correlation does not equal causation in that case, but it, it does. It's a strong point that one of the best say, suspects like went to jail when the letters stopped. I find that to be compelling evidence for sure. Well, yeah, maybe it was another guy and he just died. I don't know. Yeah. Who, who knows? I in terms of like cold cases that if I could pick one where I got to know the answer, it's like middle of the list. Like if it came out tomorrow that they had actually positively identified him and they were actually like really certain about it and it wasn't just some guys um, looking at some guy's forehead wrinkles. <laughs> I would be interested. I would read a lot. I would like follow that new story. Oh, oh, for sure. For sure. Um, but like, I'm not going to check in every day to see what the latest Zodiac news is. I'm not going to spend time on the subreddit. Yeah, it's kind of gone the way of Jack the Ripper where it's like, what if it's just some fucking guy that we don't yeah. get to know anything about because he's like dead to time and very similar in that like everybody has their favorite suspect and everyone gets really heated about it and i don't know i'm sure we'll get at least one shitty review out of this but whatever i'm not discounting anyone except that list of like six suspects where it was like ted bundy (laughs) ted kaczynski the mansons um yeah i mean i i think uh not necessarily Robert Graysmith, but just the case against Arthur Leon is, is pretty pretty strong, but mm-hmm. I, I also don't know. Um, I'm trying to, like, wrap up all the ends that could potentially get me in trouble. We don't know. We don't know. And also, like, I wish that the families of the victims and stuff and the survivors could have that closure. But mm-hmm. um, it was a very long time ago. Not a lot of them are still with us. Um, yeah. Jesus. I am digging myself into a bigger hole. Okay, so... If you have a theory about the Zodiac that we did not cover, I would actually love to hear it. Um, so you can find yeah, us. tell us your favorite Zodiac yeah. suspect. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Afternoonified. Uh, there's getafternoonified.com, um, where you can also email us using the form or just afternoonifiedpod at gmail.com. Uh, you can also check out our merch. Um, we have our super cute summer camp stuff and our uh, foxy Which grandpa. Which you can buy looks. even in October. Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not taking it down. I don't want to take that away from anybody. They are. You can earn it's those. Mer- always summer camp in your heart. You can earn those merit badges anytime. I had a shirt idea, so that might be up there. I'll have to listen back to this episode and determine how stupid it was. Oh, Ted Cruz didn't commit the Zodiac murders, and neither did his dad. Okay, goodbye. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. <laughs> Bye. We love you.
For more podcasts like the one you just listened to, go to SoBelowMedia.com. This, this is as above, so below.